Welcome to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, a CME podcast series where each week we translate today's late-breaking clinical research and news into tomorrow's practice. I'm Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School and editor-in-chief of the 5-Minute Clinical Consult series. Be sure to visit primed.com podcast after the discussion for more information about today's article and to claim CME-CE credit. Mary Jane is a 26-year-old graduate student who comes in today for follow-up on her migraines. In reviewing her medications, you ask about substance use, and she indicates that she avoids alcohol and caffeine, but that she smokes marijuana from time to time. She says it helps her relax due to the stress of grad school, and she's had fewer migraines since she started using it on a regular basis. During today's visit, she also notes that she happens to be about six weeks pregnant. Hi, this is Frank Domino, professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. And joining me today to talk about marijuana use in pregnancy is Alan Ehrlich, associate professor in the Department of Family Medicine and Community Health at the University of Massachusetts Medical School. Hi, Alan. Hi, Frank. Mary Jane, huh? Well, so she's got migraines, and her marijuana use seems to be causing her some benefit there. But um, I'm worried. She's pregnant. How common is it for pregnant women to be using marijuana? Well, it shouldn't come as any great surprise that it's becoming more common. There was a paper from uh, 2017 in JAMA out of Kaiser in Northern California, and they looked at rates from 2009 to 2016 and found that on average it was about 4% earlier and now closer to 7%. Uh, in Colorado, they've looked at rates of usage, and it's been the 5 to 6% range. And as shouldn't surprise anybody, the rates are typically higher for adolescents than older women. Now, uh, recently, there was a research letter published in JAMA that examined cannabis use in 460,000 women in the United States from 2002 to 2017. And as with the other data, it showed that the rates have been increasing over time, again, from about 3.5% up to about 7%. They looked at the rates for usage in the past month, and typically those rates decline over the course of the pregnancy. They found that the uh, usage was about 3.5% early on in the time frame, around 2002, and then it rose to about 7%. So it's consistent with some of that other data. About half a percent out of this population was using it for medical reasons, and the rest were using it recreationally. So medical reasons... um There's some medical benefit to marijuana in pregnancy? Well, I think they were using it for medical reasons unrelated to the pregnancy, although there are some examples of women who use it for hyperemesis, morning sickness. And there have been a couple of papers that have looked at that, uh, one out of Canada, one out of Hawaii, and one out of Israel. And what they found was that women who use it for hyperemesis generally find it effective or very effective, and that the worse the hyperemesis, the more likely you are to use cannabis uh, to help control it. Wow. Well, what are the risks of using cannabis during pregnancy? It should be no surprise that we don't know all the risks. Partly, you're never going to do a randomized trial that looks at one half of the population getting cannabis and the other half not, so everything is based on cohort data. There is some basic science that is somewhat reassuring, Uh, We know that THC can cross the placenta, but its active metabolite generally does not. And it appears that the placenta offers some protection of the fetus from cannabis, at least in some animal models. 
On the other hand, because cannabis accumulates in fat tissues and can be found in the body for easily up to 30 days afterwards in chronic users, there may be prolonged fetal exposure even when someone stops consuming cannabis. As far as specific adverse effects, there are a couple that have been demonstrated, and they all increase your relative risk about 50%, and that would be preterm birth, small for gestational age, and NICU transfer. By 50%? Well, that's relative risk, Frank. So, for instance, the risk of preterm birth can go from 7% to about 10%. For small for gestational age, it goes from about 4% to 6%, and NICU transfers, at least in one population, went from about 14% to 19%. This was based on uh, some data out of Canada. They looked at over 600,000 pregnant women, so a very large population uh, cohort there. Well, it certainly sounds like um, there are some associated risks. I, I can appreciate the benefit, although I understand that too much marijuana use can lead to hyperemesis as well. So I think it's a unique finding that it lowers hyperemesis in pregnancy, but could induce a cyclic vomiting syndrome and others. Yeah, th- that is true. And, and sometimes hyperemesis can be mi- can be mis- a, a misdiagnosis for women who actually have uh, the cannabis hyperemesis syndrome. There are a couple other concerns related to use of cannabis in pregnancy. One is that the children born to uh, women who use cannabis, and probably this is more with heavy users, tend to have neurocognitive difficulties in early childhood. They may have greater rates of being inattentive, uh, worse academic performance, more problems with impulse control. On the other hand, there have been no teratogenic effects. It doesn't seem to cause specific birth defects. Well, um, what, what are the recommendations around um, cannabis use in pregnancy, and how should we advise Mary Jane? To- so the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology advises that women who are pregnant or lactating should not use cannabis. And it's a pretty much unqualified recommendation. There's, they don't give any reason why someone should. I think that our advice to women should generally be supportive of that, but tempered with a few thoughts. First is, if a woman has been using cannabis and becomes pregnant, I don't think we want to have that woman feel like she has somehow uh, done something terrible to her baby. And people can be reassured that the risks are relatively low, particularly if they stop and they're not heavy users. So I think you want to balance uh, guidance there without making people feel bad for what they may have done inadvertently. And then I think The second thing is that we probably want to encourage women who don't have a very strong medical reason for using cannabis not to use it. What would be a strong medical reason? Well, you know, if you had a woman who had, let's say, multiple sclerosis and it was the only thing that was controlling her spasticity, that might be an example, but it would really be for very specific indications. Again, if a woman was using it to control intractable epilepsy, okay, There, again, you're probably using cannabidiol more than THC and probably safer for the baby. So looking at individual circumstances, but for the broad class of women, no cannabis during pregnancy, just as uh, we would advise no alcohol, even though, you know, is a drop or two of alcohol really going to cause a problem? Nobody knows. No one's looked at that type of data, but we still think it's a good policy. Don't expose yourself to anything that might potentially harm the baby that you don't need to. So, Alan, uh, interesting data. Is there any difference between smoking cannabis versus edibles? Well, smoking cannabis is associated with higher carbon monoxide 
levels than smoking tobacco. And carbon monoxide obviously affects the oxygen delivery to the fetus. So there are some concerns there. Edibles would be an alternative. The difficulty there is if the woman is using the uh, cannabis for morning sickness, she may not be able to tolerate an edible. But on the other hand, if she is using it recreationally and insists that she's going to continue to do so, then using edibles might be a better alternative and it could be taken later in the day if morning sickness were an issue. I think that's wise advice, and, and I agree with your non-paternalistic approach of saying, you know, you don't want to be too judgmental, uh, but you want to encourage people to have the best practices that, that they can. Alan, thanks so much. Thanks, Frank. Practice pointer. Querying your patients about cannabis use should be as common as asking about tobacco use in pregnancy and in all teens and adults. Join us next time when we talk about the best evidence on uh, diagnosing and managing heartburn and dyspepsia in the primary care setting. Thank you for listening to Frankly Speaking About Family Medicine, brought to you by PrimeMed. To claim credit and receive additional information about the article referenced in today's episode, visit primemed.com slash podcast and see you next week.